beautiful people. Thank you for joining us in this new episode of Teaching with Class. Today, we are talking about diving into concept development with my very good and dear friend, Maria Cristina Caro, who is here with us, ready to share her expertise in early childhood education and class. And I want to give her a couple of minutes to introduce herself to us. Christina, welcome. Hi, thank you. Hi, Monica, how are you? I am very excited and honored to be here. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Every time I see your name, um, I get excited. I'm like, yes, we're going to do something together. So doing projects together is awesome. I have been working in this field, the, this profession of early childhood education since, I want to say, maybe 1980s. And I love what I do. I, I facilitate trainings now I'm a class consultant for Teachstone, so I facilitate trainings for them. I also conduct uh, class observations for collisions in Florida. I'm also a federal reviewer for the Africa Head Start and also have my own company. And also <laughs> I do a lot, but everything I do, guess what? Is related to class. This is a tool that I believe in and I want to stay doing this for the rest of my life. That's how passionate I am about the class tool. And I love everybody at Teachstone. We even have that in common. We yes. just love it. We breathe through class. I, I agree. So, Maria Cristina is so kind to be with us today to respond to a request from the class learning community to talk about concept development and how fascinating, not surprising because that's the way Maria Cristina is, but she has this amazing analogy of concept development. So, I'm going to open up the mic for her to explain this analogy that you will take with you and never forget what concept development is about. Awesome. Thank you, Monica. So this is an analogy that I use when I'm facilitating trainings and I'm trying to figure out if it's, I, did I come up with this or did I hear it? I'm not sure, but I'm just going to take ownership right now. So when I'm explaining to educators what concept development is, I let them know concept development is not about teaching children to memorize concepts or facts, right? For the most part, and I was talking to Monica in between, you know, recordings about this, for the most part, we as, you know, educators, we were brought out in a sense or in a, in a place where they told us what to say, they told us what to do. We didn't have opportunities to question why and how. For example, when I was learning the numbers, they just, I needed to memorize them all the way to hundred. It was hard job, but I did it. And sometimes when I'm observing classrooms, I see that that's what most of the times we spend a lot of time helping children memorize the numbers, the shapes and things like that. But going back to the analogy. So anybody can go swimming. I was telling um, Monica earlier, but when we want to implement concept development in our classroom, we need to prepare to go scuba diving. If I want to go to scuba diving today, guess what? I can't. One, why not? I can go swimming. Well, I'm not in Miami, but if I was in Miami right now, I can go swimming. I have a bathing suit, a towel, a chair, a little cooler, and lotions on the back of my car. And I can go swimming at any time. So we can all, anybody that likes swimming can go swimming. It's very easy. You go find a pool, find a beach, and you go. And I live in Miami. I live 15 minutes from the beach, so I'm set. But when we need to go scuba diving, if I wanted to go to scuba diving today or tomorrow, guess what? I couldn't because for scuba diving, I need to plan. There's a lot of steps. I need to first get 
take a class because I don't even know how to hold my breath underwater. I don't know how to use a gas tank or whatever, oxygen tank. <laughs> I don't have the equipment, so I will have to rent it, buy it. I'm not sure. Then I will have to pass the test, get a certificate, certification in Florida. And then I need to find somebody with a boat to take me. And hopefully that person knows where to take me so I can have a successful scuba diving experience, right? Because it has to be deep. I cannot go in shallow water. So you see how much I will need to go scuba diving? I need a lot of time planning. Same thing for console development. The way I explain console development is we need to go scuba diving with children. How do we do that? If we're teaching numbers, for example, yes, it's awesome that they learn the numbers from one to a hundred, but do they know why they're learning the numbers? Have you ever asked your child or your children or your students, what do you think we're learning numbers? Why is it important to learn numbers? And then what do we do with the numbers in our day-to-day -day life? What will happen if we didn't know numbers? We use numbers to, for everything. If you think about it, to identify buildings, you know, we all have different addresses. Imagine if we all have Monica's address. What will happen? We all live together, right? And I don't think Monica will like that. It's too many people. We all have, you know, numbers to identify us as a social security. A passport is different. We have numbers on, on our, you know, we want to know the time. I know it's 422 because I'm looking at, I know how to recognize and read the numbers. So that's what I call going scuba diving. Do children really know why they're learning the letters, the shapes, the colors? Do they know how to apply it in, in their day-to-day? -day? Do they know how they're going to use it? Or are we just teaching them to memorize them? And as I mentioned earlier, anybody can memorize things. Oof. I used to memorize entire books. Nobody knew I didn't know how to read until I was seven years old, I think. Because I would look at the picture and I would memorize whatever the teacher was saying. One day they caught me because my book was upside down and I saw the picture and I knew exactly what was going on. So I can, I can learn things by memory, but do I know why I'm doing what I'm doing? And that is taking the children scuba diving. That is the analogy that I use, taking deep, asking them why, how are they going to use it? And I think Monica has another question. <laughs> I absolutely love that analogy, taking your children scuba diving. So. Let's go back to concept development and work you through the framework of class. See how you can do that scuba diving with them. So let's first, what is concept development? And following Christina's um, share out, why is it important? So for concept development, we want to keep two things in mind. One that is intentional. Is what Maria Cristina was saying, right? Being prepared, knowing, understanding, learning, all those steps. So it's intentionally planned by you, teachers of the world. And the second piece is you, what you are planning is to help them use what we call high order thinking skills. We want them to be able to reason and analyze the why of things. We want them to be able to problem solve and evaluate what they are doing and trial and error is part of what we want to do on the concept development. We want them to be able to create, to come up with their own ideas, whether they are tangible or they are spoken like a story. They can make up a story. 
So whatever we're doing on the concept development, uh, Maria Cristina said, memory, it's important. Memory is the foundation of cognition, right? We want to go beyond memorization. So that's why we have this very specific indicators that helped in your interactions with children, it help, they help you develop those cognitive skills. So that indicators are analysis and reasoning, creating, in the new edition is creativity, integration and connections to the real world or connections to everyday life in the new edition. So through those indicators, planning purposely, what is it that you're going to ask children? What kind of activity you will facilitate and guide with children so that they can challenge their brain and go to the next level of cognition? So baby steps, little by little, little indicator by indicator, and thinking always, what am I doing? What are they learning? How are they going to be able to use this skill or this conversation or this practice in their everyday life, because that's what we do, right? We learn things to use in our lives. So Maria Christina is gifting us with taking us through one theme that she's choosing, taking us through the indicators. It's, it can be anything. Anything that comes to mind can be developed into content development. So Maria Christina, share with us any topic that you want to talk about and how can we going indicator by indicator to help children think. Awesome. I will do that in a second. I will also, I wanted to point this out. This, I see this when I'm observing classrooms. Concept development doesn't need to just happen during circle time. It can happen at any time of the day. As soon as you see the child or the student, how are you today? How are you feeling? And he says, or she says, happy. Why? Why are you happy? Tell me more. I can take them scuba diving right there. Tell me more. How does it feel to be happy? What happens to our face when we're happy? What happens to our tummy? When I'm happy, I feel butterflies. I still feel those. And I don't know. I know I'm old. I don't know if it's ever going to go away, but I don't want it to go away. So when I'm extremely happy, I feel excited. I feel those butterflies, you know, for example, last time when I saw uh, people from Tishton and at the Interact, I know I saw, I met Alison in person and other wonderful people there. And I was so excited, you know, and my, I was like, ooh, excited. So we can talk to children about how does it feel? How do they know they feel that way? What time of the days do you feel this way? What makes us feel excited and happy? For example, what are some of the things, birthday parties, right? Every child wants to talk about their birthday party and the cake and the things that they're going to have. So I'm going to choose water, Monica, so I can talk about, walk you through the analysis and reasoning and creating and integration and connecting to the real world. So why water? Because water is important. It's important that we learn to drink more of it. A lot of us need to drink a lot of more water, right? And sometimes we forget. My excuse is that, Oh, I don't, I didn't buy a filter when I'm in Miami. I forgot to buy bottled water. Sometimes I don't drink, but it's easy to drink water in Miami because it's usually hot. Yeah. Everybody's going to look for the water bottle now. Do you have one? <laughs> drink a lot of water. It's important to hydrate yourself. And I could present that to the children and say, does anybody know what to be hydrated means? What does it mean? 
Does anybody know? Why is it important? An opportunity, and we also have an opportunity for advanced language there, right? You know, explaining to children how important water is. Why is it important to, to use water? How do we use water? At what time of the days do you use water? What do we do with water? We can do what? We usually use water when we want to take a bath, right? And talking about going scuba diving, we need water to go scuba diving. <laughs> um, creating. Encourage the children to think about, you know, what are some of the things, other things that we can do with water? What animals do live in water? Think about water that we use every day. Asking questions, integrating, like um, we can ask the children, remember last week when we were watering our little bean, what do you think will happen if we didn't have any water? What will happen? Think about it for a second. What are we going to do if we don't have, what will happen to the bean, to the plants, to the earth if we don't have any water? And we can make it connections to the rain, right? If we want to make it to, to connections to what, how they use the water, we also can connect it to the rain, to the water for going swimming and things like that. Related to the students, ask them, you know, do you like to take bath? Bubble baths are my favorite. You know, I haven't taken one for a while because I've been a little bit busy. But when my kids were little, I remember I used to have a bubble bath, especially with my daughter. We did so many bubble baths. I think she's bubble out because it was a bubble bath every afternoon after. It was our, It was almost like a ritual. And we got to talk about what happened. You know, how was your day? Tell me something happy to happen and she will tell me I did this and this and then tell me something sad and she'll say something oh you know a little boy was crying because and that way I initiated those conversations with her but we we can connect it you know and they can we don't know where the conversation might go the, the children might say oh or the students might say you know I take bath with my mom or with my brother or you know we take bubble bath or we go outside and we take showers oh, I have a shower outside have you ever heard that a lot of people in Florida have showers outside. They have a shower, they go in the pool, and they come back to the shower, and they go back inside the house. So imagine where this topic can go. And if I, I told Monica earlier, I can be here the whole entire day talking to you about water and the things and the questions that we can ask children. We can compare water, you know, this water that are, why do we see water with colors? In some of the oceans, the water looks green. In some of the other oceans, the water looks kind of bluish. What color is the water? How do we know? How can we color water? Oof, we can go to another, like we can buy food coloring. And Do you know that in Chicago, for St. Patrick's Day, they color the entire river? They color it green? My daughter and I had the opportunity to be there a couple of times because she, her favorite city is Chicago. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh! <gasps> Really? How do they do it? How do they put all, how do they pour all the green in there? And, you know, and it took me a while to, to realize how they did it. But you can go forever with this, uh, you know, talking about water and concept development. Thank you, Maria Christina. So there is a topic of water, planned per indicator, practice with the children, and as she said, right, it can take any direction based on what the children are answering. I'm going to give you a just a hint of the next dimension, because if you 
plan an activity intentionally. And then the children start talking about, maybe you wanted to talk about rivers and the ocean. And, and then they start talking about animals who live in the river and the ocean. And you go that way. It goes from concept development to quality of feedback. So don't be afraid of the questions or answers from your children. It's real life. Be prepared, thinking of your objective, how you can go that way. Because it, it is their motivation to talk, right? It's they saw a dolphin because you can swim with dolphins in Miami. And then you start talking about that at the level of cognition. They're learning something. That is the point of concept development and quality of feedback, learning and understanding. So there you have one specific topic, specific activities, specific questions. And always important, Maria Cristina, can you share with us how can you support children from different cultures or children with disabilities or children who speak more than one language on the concept development, making sure that they also have that opportunity to develop their mind? So the moment that we implement concept development with children in our classroom, we're exposing everybody to that kind of interaction. So they're going to be part of it, right? But we want to, I was mentioning to you early, using visuals is helpful, especially because if we are talking about, you know, drinking water, we can show them pictures of somebody drinking water. If we're talking about oceans, or we're talking about different things. But one thing that is important to do with children that have a special needs is pay attention, observe them, see what they're looking, what the focus is. Are they looking at the of the uh, roof? Are they looking, like I was mentioning to you early, I've, I conducted an observation and there was a child in a wheelchair and he was nonverbal. And the teacher was so effective, the child was placed by the window because he loved to stare out at the window. And the teacher will ask questions to him. What are you looking at over there? Why do you like the window so much? And at some moment, she opened the window and said, I'm going to open the window so that way you can, you know, smell the air from outside. So paying attention to what they like, they're going to tell you with their body, with their behaviors of, you know, what is it that they like and what they're interested in. So we can bring them, we can take them scuba diving with us for sure. We shouldn't leave them at home, right? What I meant to say is that we should include them in everything that we do. That's what I wanted to say. And for children with uh, that are learning more than one language, we want to make sure that we have the language represented and also take that up, you know, take uh, some time to learn a few words, why and how in their na native language. So we can also start, you know, prompting the thought processes, asking them those questions and then showing them pictures. But it requires, I, I think for us, it's, it's important for us to include every child in our classroom and some children might need extra support and we want to provide a one-on-one -on -one whenever they need us more. Thank you, Mary Christina. That individualization, inclusion, definitely. As teachers, Maria Christina and I are no longer in the classroom, but we are teachers. That's what we chose to be in life. We are observers. You're consistently observing your children. You are the experts of your children. So make sure that you identify those cues to be able to provide these very effective concept development interactions with them. With this, we get to the end of our episode of concept development, living up in the air, a quality of feedback. We're going to plan on bringing you strategies 
for also that dimension that we get requests for. And for now, I want to thank my dear friend, Maria Cristina, for taking the time from your vacation to be with us today, to share with the teachers these strategies so that they can become more effective in concept development. I love you so much and I hope to have you again. And I want to also thank all of you, teachers, architects of the brain, architects of the brain of children, for sharing your love and your wisdom with the children of the world and for being here to add to your box of wonders. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.